0: Yeah, sure. So I just want to welcome everyone to this energy intelligence Twitter space discussion on market uncertainties, OPEC plus possibilities and Western leader quandaries. Leading the discussion today, there will be Abby Evvajendran, Energy Intelligence Director of All Markets Research, who is live today from New York. And joining there is Abby. Uh, joining Abby, there's Amina Bakker Energy Intelligence Chief OPEC Correspondent, live from Dubai. So, Abby, over to you.
1: Great.
2: Thanks, Sarah. Um, yeah, you can still hear me okay, right? Yes. Great. Perfect. Um, thanks, everyone, for joining. Sorry for some of the uh, technical issues and getting started, um, but thanks for your patience. Uh, so, yeah, so let's just get right into it. Um, you know, I think I think there's been a lot written about markets, about OPEC+, Plus, about, um, you know, Europe, Russia, um, you know, what what the U.S. is doing to kind of manage all of this. Um, and, and then certainly we've had, you know, I think a, a flurry of, of, of activity just here recently in the last couple of days, um, especially on the back of, of President Biden's uh, trip out to the Middle East, um, which, of course, you know, has, has built a lot of interest on its own. Um, but, but let's let, maybe we'll just uh, kick, kick off the conversation talking about that, because uh, Amena, uh, you were there in uh, in Jeddah. Uh, you know, you you were kind of you know getting all the all the, the, the details on the ground and, and talking to a lot of folks. Um, maybe you can just uh, give everyone just kind of a download of, of, of how the trip went, uh, what our takeaways were, and, uh, and 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 kind of what comes ahead. Um, Amena, hopefully we, we still have you.
3: Yep, I'm still here. I hope you could hear me. Um, I can, yep. uh, All good. Yeah, Abby, uh, basically I was in Jeddah for the past uh, three days uh, and uh, I did cover the the, the Biden visit. Um, This was a very, very uh, anticipated visit and uh, much scrutinized uh, visit. And from the time Biden arrived, I mean, everybody was watching the TVs very closely to see Uh, how he was greeted, comparing that to uh, how Trump was received when he went to Riyadh in 2017. And of course, the the welcome was much more different. Trump was received by the crown prince, um, Mohammed, while um, Biden was received by the governor of Mecca and the Saudi ambassador uh, to the U.S. Princess uh, Rima. He was then taken to the palace and there was the famous uh, fist bump that he had with the crown prince before he, uh, he met with the king. Um, And then Biden held a meeting with the crown prince uh, and a number of of ministers. Um, Now, the big question was, uh, was Biden going to bring up the the issue of Gamal Khashoggi and human rights? And that was the first thing that he addressed uh, prior. I mean, just before anything, the the meeting kicked off, um, uh, Biden did voice his concerns about human rights. He said that this this is something of value to uh, the American uh, people Um, and. Uh, his concern about what had happened to uh, Gamal Khashoggi. The response on the other side was that Saudi Arabia did have a trial for those concerned. There are people that are convicted, there are people that are uh, in jail because of this uh, um, crime and uh, they described it as being uh, a mistake. Um, but the Saudi officials also pointed out that uh, the U.S. did have its fair share of mistakes, including Abu Ghraib and the Israelis' uh, recent uh, shooting of the journalist Shirin uh, in the streets. So um, they, they did make that point and then they quickly moved on Um, And the whole purpose of the visit really was to revitalize uh, the Saudi-U.S. relationship. And it was, I mean, very obvious that Biden is coming at a time where the U.S. uh, public is suffering because of high uh, uh, gasoline prices. Um, But... uh, of course, given that this was a high-level meeting, there was no explicit talk about uh, Saudi Arabia raising its production, um, so that wasn't discussed per se. Uh, however, there is an expectation among US officials that um, Saudi Arabia will be uh, doing something about that, meaning a uh, uh, some kind of increment at the upcoming OPEC meeting on the 3rd of August. Now, from the Saudi side, they made it quite clear that they uh, are not going to have any kind of unilateral increase in production. It has to be in the context of OPEC plus, and it has to be uh, justified by the market. It can't just be about increasing production for political reasons. Um, And that was accepted by the U.S. So we'll have to wait and see on the oil front what will happen on the 3rd of, uh, of August, are the Saudis open to the idea of an increment? Sure, they are, but they have to look at the fundamentals, justify that, and get the the entire OPEC Plus group uh, behind it. But just also, Abi, given the current volatility in the market, we've seen prices drop. Now they're up again. Um, this kind of volatility creates a lot of uncertainty, uh, especially about uh, on on the uh, on, on on Russian uh, production as well. So. There might be a possibility for Saudi Arabia and the others to say, "Okay, let's just hold uh, the OPEC uh, quotas for for August for another month. That gives them more time to decide on what new policy uh, would look like. Uh, But um, if you could just tell us, I mean, from the U.S. side, I can tell you that um, the White House press was uh, quite, Aggressive, I would say, on the, on the ground, even uh, like with their with their questions uh, before uh, Biden had the meeting uh, with the Crown Prince and the ministers. Uh, the the White House press was given some time uh, to uh, to shout out their questions, and uh, one of them was is Saudi Arabia still a pariah state, which created a kind of awkward. Uh, moment in the room, um, and what I mean, just seeing the coverage, I, I think that uh, there was a lot of criticism uh, on Biden. So, what's what's the feeling in the U.S.
2: Yeah, no, it's a it's a it's a great question, and and I think you know the, the from, from, from the U.S. side, and, and what's funny is even before getting into that, I'm just looking at the at the at the poll that we shared earlier about um, you know just just kind of the, the, the Twitter view of of the Biden visit, whether it was a success or failure, and um, you know over ninety percent uh, of the response uh, said no, that it was not a success. So um, so at least that's your that's your Twitter view of, of, of the trip, um, and I think from you know from 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 the U.S. side. Uh, You know, I think you know there's there's kind of two sides to it. I think the the one side is that you know, look, this was an important trip. This was it was important to sort of reset the the um, you know the, the diplomatic dialogue uh between the us and saudi arabia which over the last you know 18 months has been quite frayed uh you know slash non-existent um and and you know and and you know there, it, it was important to sort of uh, address um you know the concerns around inflation and um and in and, and, and energy markets in particular um but then on the other side i think you know as you Amanda, as you pointed out i mean i think there's there, you know there, there's also this view that um, you know, you're 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 seeing um, President Biden go out there and. Um, and 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 sort of just you know kind of hat in hand asking for asking for more oil and kind of ignoring some of the principles and 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 things that he that he that he talked about not just you know in the early days of the presidency but even back on the campaign trail and as you heard you know kind of the, the press kind of shouting and screaming all these questions um, so I mean I would say you know in terms of the the, the view on the trip it's it's, it's a pretty mixed bag um, and I, and you know but I think the um, you know, I think the consensus is or, or at least the, the view on what you got out of the trip is, is, is still you know, to be determined, right? Um, and, and and I yeah, think at the absolutely. end of the day, yeah. I mean, yeah. Abby,
3: I think it's just a first step, right? One of the things that Princess uh, Rima said in a in a private uh, um, briefing with some select press, she said, "You can't have a personal relationship unless you meet in person." So this is the first step. People shouldn't expect immediately to the you know the the results uh, in, in terms of like tangible results. Sure, there were a number of MOUs signed and so on, but they were kind of loose and uh, non-committing, non-binding, but uh, we just have to wait and see. I mean on the oil front we have to wait until the OPEC plus meeting. on the security front, I think we have to wait for other um, decisions. but this is this represents just a, a first step uh, a reaching out from the. US uh, to remind uh, or just to, to tell the region here we're still your friend, we're your ally.
2: Yeah, I think that's right. And, and as you pointed out, I mean this is when, this wasn't just about trying to get more oil right there were there were security and other other sort of regional um, issues and, and important points that that, that were also discussed and, and and will be kind of an ongoing thing. But but on the you know on the the topic of 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 oil and OPEC Plus, um, maybe I can kick you because this is this is going to be one of the areas that that um, you know that that is going to be a, a, a key uh, you know aspect of the TBD whether this trip you know achieved anything or y- will yield anything. Um, you know as you pointed out, maybe we can just you know dive into that a little bit more. Uh, you know OPEC Plus, as you said. Uh, was already starting to th- think and talk about its next steps, its next phase, right? Of what you know, September and beyond uh, will 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 look like. Um, you know, acknowledging you know market conditions, acknowledging the fact that the current quota system you know basically isn't working, and you know, and and, and there are also these uncertainties around um, you know the 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 outlook for for Russian production and uh, and 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 of course the macro environment. Um, you know what's our what's our what's our base case you know what do what do we expect uh, OPEC plus to do um, uh, in a couple of weeks uh, in thinking about later this year and beyond
3: uh, good question. Um, it's it's a hard one to answer because basically until now there are no formal proposals even of, on what options uh, the group is going to go through. But um, I mean, as I just mentioned before, um, I think either, uh, I mean, if, if everyone is okay with a with a small increment of some kind, uh, that might happen. But we all know that uh, Saudi and the UAE are the, basically the two countries that have the, the bulk of spare capacity here. So those are the two that could do something and actually add uh, Uh, new barrels uh, to the market but there's also the option of just holding off and saying okay we need more time we'll hold the uh, august uh, quotas for another more month and then uh, decide what to do uh, later on so those are the kind of the two scenarios and you mentioned the quota system sure the quota system is completely broken a lot of the countries can't meet their quotas uh, because of uh, i mean uh, technical difficulties or other political constraints sanctions etc but uh, I, I, I think, I mean, and I believe just the, from the conversations I've been having uh, is that this quota system won't be addressed at this meeting. It's a complex system and uh, uh, having like to restructure it or give uh, like uh, countries a, a smaller quota that might create a friction within the group. And that's something that uh, uh, Saudi Arabia uh, would, would like to avoid.
2: I think that that's right. Hey, Amanda, can you hear me? By the way,
3: yeah, I sorry, can hear you. sorry. I just yes. got an incoming
2: call, which I had to, no, to, no to decline. Um, yeah, so I mean, I think I think you raised a couple of important points there. I mean, I think um, you know, I think you may not get you know a whole lot of clarity on the on the exact next steps at this next meeting, right? They might punt it. Uh, you know, by a month, especially given some of the the, the growing markets market uncertainties. Um, also, you know, you're 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 you know you're kind of in the, you know right in the peak of the summer, right? You're you're right in the peak of 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 of, of seasonal demand. Um, you know, leave aside you know China and its COVID issues. Um, you know, you're you're kind of in this middle of of of, of the seasonal demand uplift. Uh, by the way, including you know higher you know, crude. Burn for for power purposes in the Middle East, so so everything is, is is kind of running a little hot right now. So they may you know just kind of kick it by a month, um, just see how things are looking on the macro front, um, and 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 decide what to do from 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 September onwards. I think you know our view also is that you know they're. You know, there. You know, the, the the path forward will involve extra output, but um, but again, in, in in a careful, you know, gradual fashion, and and could involve, you know, kind of a a different structure, right? Like perhaps a kind of a collective quota um, that that puts less of an emphasis on individual countries, and and if there are you know sort of laggards and, um, and 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 certainly there will be some some members that continue to have problems hitting their numbers, then then that gives a little bit of a a gap to Saudi Arabia and, and, and to the UAE and, and a few other of the, of the members that have some capacity uh, to perhaps try to fill it. Um, does that sound like a kind of a reasonable uh, you know path that we might see uh, in the yes. fall and, and beyond?
3: Yeah, for sure. And uh, I mean, we've already seen the OPEC numbers for 2023, Abby. I mean, they're they're predicting slower growth for, for 2023. But um, as you mentioned, I mean, that doesn't mean that we're not going to see increments from Saudi Arabia and the others that have a little bit of spare capacity. And they understand that and they are open to that idea. I, I mean, it's, it's not out of the question at all, but it just needs market uh, justification and consensus uh, within the group. That's really important. But one thing I wanted to highlight, Abby, and that confused a lot of people on the ground in Jeddah is what Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman said about Saudi capacity. He basically said that Saudi Arabia will be building its capacity to 13 million barrels per day and not beyond that point. Now, the reason he said that, uh, in the context of uh him speaking about the need for more investment in the upstream sector, he wants to deliver the message that. Saudi Arabia cannot bear the sole responsibility of building spare capacity indefinitely. You need other countries to to start investing in the upstream sector, especially in the U.S. And, Abi, you could tell us a little bit more about where the U.S. is. I understand that they're still uh, lagging behind uh, pandemic uh, levels. So that was the sole purpose. But does that mean that Saudi Arabia's uh, capacity, the the 13 million barrels per day, which uh, they aim to achieve by 2027, is that? the number is that the final number forever no it doesn't mean that don't take it for face value there are reviews being done on a on a, on a, on a quarterly basis and on a yearly basis to assess the market and 13 is the number that makes sense now in five years ten years who knows I mean that number could uh, could change but the reason it was said during the conference uh, con- uh, the the conference and in that context was to warn the world that more needs to be done on the upstream front.
2: Yeah, that, that's an important point. And I think this is kind of one of the the undertones of of this whole trip, right? Which is, you know, I'll show you my oil; you show me yours, and you know, and then you know, let's 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 kind of collectively address this energy crisis that that's that that's brewing, right? And you know, and and, and to your point, I mean, you know, and and with regard to the U.S., as you as, as you pointed out. You know, we've been you know kind of cautioning on the on the you know the ramp up of U.S. supply for for a while now, from you know the beginning of COVID to last year to, to early this year. That some of the expectations around the, the the increase in U.S. supply were were overdone. I mean, we're still you know kind of in the mid 11s, uh, uh, mid 11 million barrels a day, which, as you pointed out, is still well below. You know, kind of close to the 13 that we had pre-COVID, um, and it's going to be a slow ramp. Um, you know, there are there are there are a lot of issues and a lot of you know kind of constraints and bottlenecks um, preventing a faster ramp. Um, which even you know, just just in the last couple of days, we've heard from you know the key service companies, Halliburton, uh, you know, Breaker Hughes, kind of talking about um, you know some of the the, the you know service constraints and, and 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 capacity issues. Which by the way, they said. You know, are not just a 2022 issue, um, but will, you know, and not just will will kind of continue to 2023, but could actually be even worse or tighter in 2023. So, so we're looking at a pretty, you know, kind of slow, um, and you know, and 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 kind of challenging ramp um, on on the supply side. But, but to your point, yeah, I mean, you know, we kind of need to see an all of the above approach uh, of, of supply being added, right? Because it's not just going to be you know, OPEC Plus, you know, kind of filling the void. Um, On the on the demand side. Um, I think that's a key part. And 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 one other
3: forget, uh, Abby, that I mean, with uh, with Russian uh, production being uh, more and more of it being offline because of the sanctions, um, no one could really replace those volumes. Uh, So, yeah, more uh, more output needs to come from uh, from from players outside the OPEC plus group
2: yeah and and you know, and what happens with Russian supplies is going to be another key variable right I mean I, I think I think over the last couple of months Russian supply, um, is, as we have highlighted too has, has has actually outperformed you know some of the more dire expectations uh, you know for for at least where volumes initially go. Um, and you know, but there are questions around where it goes. You know, over the next six twelve months too. Uh, you know, does Europe follow through with its embargo, or does the economic picture just get so dire that they sort of weasel out of it? Um, you know, and and you know, you know what happens actually to 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 the conflict itself, um, and and does you know India, China, and others you know just kind of make up for for the volume that um, that, that that may be lost from Europe, and um, and. You know, and 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 so you know the net loss is actually not that much. So I think these are kind of open questions. But I wanted to just highlight one more thing on on the on the spare capacity point that you mentioned. I think you know the other important point is you know especially from an OPEC plus standpoint is they always want to sort of you know keep some spare capacity, you know you know in you know for you know for a rainy day, right? In case of emergency, right? You're you're never going to see them pump you know every barrel that they that they can. And so you know even in a in a 12 million barrel a day world, that's not what they're going to be, um, you know, producing. And this is for Saudi Arabia, um, you know, kind of, you know, going max. And, and when they get to 13, they're not going to be, you know, maxing that out either. Uh, I think that's fair to say, right? Uh, I think that's the folks will kind no, of part of the capacity can, conversation.
3: I slightly disagree with you, Abby, on, uh, on, on the 13 uh, point. But yes, currently there is no intention whatsoever to max out capacity and the capacity is 12 million barrels a day. Um, and the reason why they want to avoid maxing out capacity is that um, if, they, if they reach maximum capacity and you have zero capacity left, that would panic the market even more and may increase uh, prices further. So it's not gonna help prices uh, at all. And bear in mind, spare capacity these days is even more valuable than production. Spare capacity means political leverage. Spare capacity means that uh, they can continue having uh, this clout uh, in, uh, in the group. So that's not something to let go of. Easily. So I, I see them, uh, I mean, just keeping some of that spare capacity, especially as the markets. I mean, we're seeing this level of uh, uh, uncertainty uh, going on. So it's uh, yes, for now, they, they're not going to max out spare capacity when they reach 13 million in 2027. Maybe you have different market conditions that would allow them to say, OK, now it makes sense for us to uh, to pump 13.
2: Yeah, no, I, think, I think those are both both fair points and, and, and where demand goes, as you pointed out, is, is going to be a key part of it. Um, I, I know there are a couple of folks who, who were trying to ask questions, which I just wanted to touch on one last point before we open it up for, for any thoughts or inputs that you guys may have, um, which, is, which is around the trajectory of demand, around the trajectory of, of, of prices and, and what we think. Um, you know, I think, I think, you know, our base case is is a much more conservative one on, on, on the demand front. Um, certainly, you know, more so than, 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 than OPEC uh, and, and, and the view that they presented in, in their latest monthly, where they have, you know, on average, about 103 million barrels a day of, of, of demand for next year, um, reaching as high as 105 million at the end of next year. You know, we, are, we are way, way below that. Um, you know, we don't see demand more than around 101 million barrels a day on average next year. Um, and sure, you know we do see demand up to like 100, 200, 300 towards the end of uh, next year. But um, but we are you know pretty concerned on 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 you know kind of key economic um, uh, regions and, and and the picture there. Um, you know first and foremost Europe um, and 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 even uh, the, the the U.S. market, which you know which is doing fine. U.S. consumers are still spending and. Um, and, and and kind of chugging along, but you know the U.S. itself could be in a technical recession just in the first half of this year alone. Um, and even if that's just you know technicality, you know the the second half picture also looks um, you know pretty murky. Um, you know across sectors, right? This is not just just an energy comment. So so we're we're pretty cautious on the demand front, um, and 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 the knock-on to that on the um, you know on the on the price side uh, is that look like you know again you know the, the summer is tight and refiners are running hard, even though cracks have come off to some degree, they're still pretty strong. And um, you still have, you know, again, you know, um, you know power burn and other demand factors of the summer. And, 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 you know, we don't think, you know, the, the, the hundred dollar plus plus story is, is quite over yet, but, um, but, you know, I think as some of the kind of the macro realities do set in and, and, and they're already starting to, um, we do expect to spend some time uh, in, you know, back in the nineties uh, later in the year, But again, this is this is just sort of your 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 kind of your 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 cyclical slowdown, right? Um, As things pick back up next year, um, we expect to see another you know kind of you know run at 100 plus, um, and 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 a key driver for that is is that the the supply response is 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 quite slow, right? And um, you know demand will go down, prices will go down, um, but demand goes up, and you know the supply response is still pretty slow, and so you just. Going to have you know kind of knee jerk uh, inflation coming back. So, um, so we think you know below 100, you know later this year, uh, volatility, uncertainty, you know kind of illiquidity, um, are some of the key you know kind of words that we've been throwing around a lot recently. Um, but again, you know uh, you know pretty uh, decent support from the supply side, including from inventories and 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 refiners continue to run pretty hard, um, you know pushing you back up of 100 uh next year even if you drop below it uh sometime soon so so that's our view on prices but you know but but i think i think you know macro caution is something that we've been talking about for for months now uh, for anyone who's followed us and um you know we'll we'll kind of continue to uh to look at that even though you know i think i think if you just look at you know a lot of the recent uh you know polls and 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 kind of investor surveys and things like that you know recession is basically a consensus um so there is that but from an oil market standpoint um, you know, there, you know there are some headwinds to consumption, even though the physical market remains tight. Um, you know, kind of watch out over the next couple of quarters is is our view. Um, and, and I think this is something that OPEC will have to weigh as well, right, Amanda? I mean, I think you know they, you know, they are they are you know watching the macro carefully, as you noted up you know up front. You know, the, the choppiness and the moves up and down and the big swings in oil prices is not something that 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 makes them too, feel too warm and fuzzy.
3: For sure, yeah, that's a big concern. Volatility in general. So, Abby, I just want to give a chance for uh, people in this group to start um, asking us questions. Uh, so, if you have a question, please um, raise your hand, and uh, I'll uh, I'll turn you into a speaker. Okay. No questions so far. Do you have any questions, Abby?
2: Sure. I mean, I guess. I guess one, one question I have, uh, I had for you is, um, you know, maybe just a maybe just a price question, right? Because um, I think I think this also play, you know factors into it. Even though you know OPEC Plus will will never sort of you know uh, explicitly talk about it, um, you know, I I don't you know I think I think the group will not want to be adding. You know, supply into a slowing demand environment, such that you end up with like a 2008 type situation where prices end up at like 50, 60 bucks. And even if that's for a brief period, um, I think that's that's the type of volatility that we, that they will want to avoid, right? So, um, you know, is that is that a fair way to think about it? I think we have a couple of questions that come in came in as well. Um, so, is that a fair way to think about it, and how they might proceed? You know, over the next couple of months.
3: Um. Yeah, sure. Good question, and it's something quite difficult because uh, you know many of the the, the, gr- the group uh, members they hate talking about prices. They never really tell you what uh, what price uh, they're they're aiming at. But the main point uh, for them, really, what concerns them is uh, is price volatility. They don't want to see these rapid uh, sharp falls up or down. So um, yeah market uh, stability price stability I think is the aim but in terms of uh, ranges I think we have uh, our own tables right Abby the ones that you prepare in terms of uh, break even etc so um, yeah those uh, I think that they will stick to uh, their uh, the, the the ranges that that uh, match uh, their uh, the, their budgets um, yeah,
2: and, and year-end, year-end kind of price volatility is always even higher, right? You, you, you've had yeah. big drawdowns last year, 2018, and, and, and many years before that. But uh, let's get to questions.
3: Sure. Uh, I'd like to invite Uh, uh
1: Yeah, hello. Hello, everyone. Uh, thank you very much uh, for ending such a uh, informative space. I uh, just have a uh, question. Uh, Currently, we are seeing that uh, both China and India are importing uh, huge sums of crude oil and products from Russia. So basically, the spare Middle East crude uh, is going into Europe. So do you foresee that uh, the change in trade flows uh, would eventually bring down oil prices in coming months, especially uh, when summer demand cool off? How do you see that because uh, these countries are importing quite uh, in uh, quite significant growth as compared to last year.
4: How do you see that?
2: Um, I can take a crack at that. many you may want to chime in as well. Yeah, and certainly trade flows have, have shifted pretty dramatically. Um, and, you know, and and, and in, in many ways, you know, we think, you know, some of these shifts will be you know, kind of more permanent shifts. Um, you know, we don't see uh, kind of India backing off its, it's, it's Russian oil buying um, uh, anytime soon. And, you know, and, and, there could even be room for a little bit more upside, even though it's, you know, it's gone up as high as almost a million barrels a day from from next to nothing last year. Um, you know, we expect that to continue, uh, you know, as long as the discounts persist, India will be a willing buyer. And and sort of, you know, some of these, you know, kind of Western efforts to, uh, to kind of, you know, uh, you know, I guess, you know, try to get India to not do it or aren't working and, and we don't think they are, are going to. So that's that's going to continue. Um, similar story with China, even though, you know, that's that's, you know, we're talking about lesser volumes and um, and, and there's not quite as much, um, you know, upside or, or, or room for ramp as, as um, as there has been uh, in in India. um and and yeah, I mean, I think, I think there's there's certainly an opportunity, you know, and and what's interesting is you know india and 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 China are kind of you know prize you know destinations, right for 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 all of OPEC+, plus. Um, and you know as 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 Russia selling more and more into them, um, that does um you know kind of dislocate at least growth opportunities for for the rest of the group um, but you know the, you know but europe is 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 a market that, that 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 will open up at least over the short term um as, as, as they kind of um enact the embargo so so some of these some of these you know trade flow dynamics will last for 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 a while i would just also say that um i think part of your question was around uh you know seasonality and and, and yeah i mean i think i think there's. You know, the last couple of months have, have seen, you know, kind of a lot of buying um, the next couple of months going into the end of the year, uh, especially as this kind of the EU embargo kicks in, at least to some degree, um, you know, we'll see different patterns. Um, but, you know, but but also I would say just kind of a slightly more muted demand uh, later in the year. So 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 we do see, um, you know, we do see again that 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 is part of the, the, the what, what we see as, as a driver for downside in prices, even even though it may be temporary. Um, I mean, I don't yeah. know any, any um,
3: about? I just wanted to mention something that's kind of related to this. There's been a bit of a gossip uh, in the market. Uh, maybe some reports out there suggesting that Gulf producers are cutting allocations, especially into India, and selling more of their oil to Europe, where they can get better prices. Now, that's not the case. I mean, we've checked here with uh, with the regional players, and that's not the case. I mean, they're they're still uh, selling uh, uh, to India in uh, in the same volumes or Whatever requests are made of them, um, but it seems like uh, some Indian buyers would uh, are are, uh, are putting out this idea, basically to justify their buying of Russian crude, or perhaps to. Uh, tell the Europeans or the US that they need to buy Russian crude because they're getting lower volumes from the Gulf. Uh, So that's something that's kind of happening on on the sidelines uh, of this. Um, I'd like to invite Lily to to ask her question.
0: Hey, thanks for having me. So I know that the focus of this particular space is, is more talking about things through the lens of OPEC Plus, but I was wondering if you have any kind of commentary looking at it from a BRICS perspective. Just with some of the agreements there's been, you know, with some of the um, the force uh, majeure over the weekend, right? Um, in, in different parts of the world, payments in different currencies, as far as energy goes, um, and some of those types of moves.
2: Sure. Yeah. No, it's an important question, Lily. I mean, yeah, because we, we kind of you know tend to look at it in the the uh, in the, uh, the OPEC Plus side um, with an oil market lens, but but there are you know there, there's certainly you know kind of you know bigger and and, and broader um, you know, kind of realignments going on as well, um, and and this kind of ties back to 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 the previous question. You know, certainly. You know, there's you know there's kind of a bifurcation of the you know kind of the world energy order, right? That is that is something that's going on. And 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 you mentioned BRICS, yeah. I mean, you know, you know, kind of the you know the the you know the BRICS group has has stayed you know kind of pretty tight over the course of this conflict over the last several months. You know, you're you know you're you're looking at you know Saudi Arabia and others kind of applying or or planning to join the group. you know so again, you know kind of part of that realignment. you know, in terms of you know kind of oil market purchasing, yeah, I mean, you know again, you know India has been you know pretty gung ho about continuing to buy Russian oil. There have been you know there have been kind of you know product deals between russia and 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 Brazil um so yeah so there's this whole you know kind of other part of the world which by the way you know accounts for you know the the vast majority of the world's population which is you know just kind of you know yes they're dealing with with the with the with the effects of the conflict and and kind of the the turmoil in the markets but but they also have you know people to feed and economies to run and 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 growth to take care of, and um, you know all of which are you know under pressure, by the way. But um, but that's that that will kind of continue to to be a feature, and you know, and, and as you, as you noted, you know, there's you know there's all these kind of other MOUs being signed, um, you know, between Russia, Iran, and 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 and, um, and 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 currency is also a part of it, right? I think I think um, you know currency is 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 kind of one key. Um, uh, 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 tool that especially the U.S. is trying to use as uh, as a means to uh, you know to, to enforce sanctions, you know perhaps raise sanctions. You know there's, there's, there's this talk of you know kind of the, the you know kind of the the, the uh, price cap. Uh, mechanism, which you know, we're pretty skeptical of, um, all these things are, are, are fundamentally currency-driven, right? So, so circumventing that is, um, is is kind of a key part of, of that other part of the world energy order that that, that is um, you know that is developing and brewing. Um, and I don't know if there's anything you would add to that.
3: No, I think that's it. Um, I'd like to invite uh, the Rock to ask his question.
4: Hey, thank you, Amina, and Abhi. be uh, great conversation this morning. Um, I hope maybe three questions. Um, so first question is about refining capacity. Um, why, I mean, because we have a big uh, crack spread, right? I mean, um, like probably highest ever. Um, so why is China or India, I mean, I think they might have more spare capacity, are not increasing output and maybe sending products to, you know, Europe and US to bring down the crack spread. One, the second question is about low liquidity um i'm not sure like yesterday oil was down two percent and then it recovered and closed up one percent same thing this morning it's down two percent i think and it's very low volume uh third question i mean i don't know if you can answer uh maybe happy but the valuation of the you know oil and gas sector is like really low like reflecting maybe meet 50s or 60 dollar oil um, do you ever see that going up? Um, I mean, or are, are we probably stuck here for a while despite the, um, you know, great fundamentals of oil? Thank you.
2: Sure. Um, maybe I'll go at those questions in, in reverse. Um, I was a, a kind of an energy stock analyst in a in past life, um, so, so I think I'll leave that you know, for for um, you know, for for, for those to, to kind of ponder an answer to yes, energy stocks are cheap, but you know, I think you know, there's it, it's 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 tough to to kind of correlate where multiples and and valuations should be uh, versus where they have been in, in you know past decades and um, and but but the one thing I will say is is that you know we do expect higher for longer energy prices, right? Uh, I think that's that's sort of across the board. It's not just for oil or products. That's for gas, it's for coal and, 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 and other kind of related areas. Um, so you know uh, that 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 should certainly be supportive for you know for, for, for companies and you know and, and certainly for many of the companies that, that we look at. Um, you know they have you know t- times have never been better from a financial standpoint. Um, and even with you know kind of a recessionary environment over the short term, um, again, as I noted, you know when when, when demand does bounce back. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's not a whole lot of slack on the supply side. And, and, and so prices should remain uh, you know, strong for, 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 for a while. Um, and, and sorry, now, now I've forgotten your other question. <laughs> if you don't mind just repeating I think questions.
3: it was refinery <laughs> spreads.
2: Oh yeah. Um, uh, oh, oh your you know, your number two was around, you know, liquidity. You know, I, I noted that earlier in liquidity. Um, look, it, it's it's kind of the height of the summer, so this is to be expected, and and volatility and you know five to ten dollar moves in oil, you know, oil prices, you know, kind of daily is, is something that we expected. Um, you know, maybe things stabilize to some degree from a volume standpoint in the fall, but but the, but then again. Um, you know later in the year you you know you you could have kind of the, the same liquidity problem. so um, so there's so a lot of choppiness um, to 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 be expected at least over the next over the rest of the year. Um, yeah, I and mean, then your first question was around um, um, you know refining cracks and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, I think I think one of the you know you mentioned you know kind of the, 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 the I guess the withholding of, of of exports from from China in particular, you know being the one you know kind of country that has a lot of you know kind of slack or spare refining capacity. Um, is one of the, you know, I think is one of the key drivers of of, of kind of the 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 mess of the whole uh, kind of uh, oil and products um, uh, uh, landscape. Um, it, it is curious. I think I think there's you know there's obviously there's been you know COVID and other issues uh, um, impacting um, the domestic industries. Um, but, but at the same time, I mean, I think, you know, I think there is, the, you know, you definitely, you know, have to bring it back to some of the earlier questions around the you know, kind of the alignment of, of, um, of, of, you know, the energy order and, 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 and what, you know, that is doing in terms of, um, you know, China's, um, uh, you know, how they're thinking about uh, product exports and, and, and kind of rebalancing the, the market, right? Um, you know, even though their, their, their export quotas are, are, are higher, um, you know, their their actual export volumes are, you know, the you know, the last couple of months the lowest they've been in, you know, in, in, in many, many years. Um and, and, and that is certainly contributing to the mess. So so I would definitely keep an eye on that. Um yeah, so hopefully that answers your question. Amena, maybe we have time for like, you know, one or one or two more.
3: Yeah, we have Carlos. Um Carlos, you can ask your
4: question. Hi. My question is: uh, You now are looking. Oh, you now. uh, Now we looking a Russian cut of gas. But what if uh, Russia, if Russia cut uh, the oil? Uh, What? How you? How you look? Or how you look uh, the forecast of the price if Russia cut the oil? Anticipated.
3: That's a really good question. I'll leave the forecasting to uh, to Abby, um, but uh, I just wanted to tell you that in uh, in terms of just the OPEC Plus group, this is something that they're watching very carefully. Um, and uh, Russia cutting gas is seen as a first step, and that's kind of a litmus test on what they're going to be doing with oil. So that's something I think all of us should be watching very, very closely. In terms of prices and what will happen, yeah, Abby, if you want to uh, give us your expectations.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would just say, I mean, look, this is you know, this is kind of you know part of the the you know the um, uh, the stare down between uh, um, continental Europe, especially, but the UK also, um, and 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 Russia uh, from an energy standpoint, right? And um, yeah, I mean, you know, whether whether the UK cuts Russia off or. Or Russia cuts UK off. I'm sorry, uh, Europe and, and UK cut Russia off, or vice versa. Um, this is certainly something to 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 watch out for, as 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 said, and that that OPEC plus in particular is watching out for. Um, you know, and see how it transpires over the, over the rest of the year and in in into next year. Um, I think you know I would just say from a from a market standpoint, look, you know, Russia continues to sell, you know, heavily discounted crude at you know twenty to thirty dollars. Um, you know, uh, in terms of the the quantity of the the amount of the discount, so. Um, From an oil market standpoint, you know, there is an incentive to kind of just, uh, you know, push prices higher. Um, And and so even those discounted, uh, you know, crude uh, levels that they're selling are are, are still generating decent revenue. Um, And again, you know, whether Russia does this or not, uh, you know, you may as well. Uh, you know, well, get that anyway, uh, if, if, if Europe and, and, and the UK follow through with their with their embargo plans, because, you know, the reality is that there just isn't that much you know, kind of spare crude, um, uh, you know, around to, to kind of fill those voids of, you know, you know, you know multiple million barrels a day of, of, of supply cut off, including products. Um, so, so it's going to be tough and, and and while OPEC plus the rest of OPEC plus could fill some of that void um, again you know Europe isn't exactly you know kind of a you know medium or long-term prize market right so so they're not going to be you know sort of letting go of, 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 of kind of the, the key Asian and, and growth markets um, uh, yeah, I think according uh, all to our calculation,
3: at least Abby. I mean, in terms of the OPEC Plus spare capacity, we have uh, around 2.5, and that's Saudi and the UAE. So it's definitely not enough to to keep up with uh, with more outages uh, or a complete outage from uh, from uh, Russia. Um, we have one more question we can take
1: from Sumit thanks amina uh, so uh, so broadly i you, you know just got two points which i want to ask you on so one is basically you know uh, do you think that you know it's possible that iran and venezuela oil can uh, you know come come back on the market uh, second you know i mean the western leaders including mr president uh, you know talks about uh, you know they want lower oil prices and all that but you know all what they are doing is basically taking oil higher right by by putting sanctions and then the EU embargo and all that, which is going to come maybe December, or you know, if they decide to cancel it, and you know, they, you know, so don't they understand what they are doing? Because the fact is that you know, on one side uh, they are asking for lower prices, but on the other side, you know, if you are going to you know sanction you know a you know a country who's you know doing 10 million barrels a day, I mean, how can oil prices come down, right? So, I mean, uh, is there something I'm missing, or is it just that something what they don't understand?
2: Um, I can take the last part. Amanda, you want to you take the, yeah, uh, do the they, first part do of that? Yeah, do they
3: understand what they are doing? I mean, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I want to be politically correct here, so I'll leave that to you, Abby, in terms of uh, do, does the current administration understand energy policy and how pricing uh, works? But... Uh, I, I mean, we, we're in a situation where you have a buyer's boycott, basically. Uh, this is, uh, I mean, part of why we're seeing prices at this level and this level of uncertainty is because of the sanctions. You asked if uh, we're going to see Iranian or Venezuelan uh, barrels back into the market. I mean, at this point, I can tell you anything is possible. But um, from just what we know, at least on the uh, nuclear deal front, uh, we understand that uh, the U.S. isn't any closer in signing a, nuclear deal with Iran that would ease the sanctions and add more uh, barrels into the market. I mean, prior to the Biden uh, visit, you had a number of U.S. officials shuffling into Riyadh and assuring uh, Saudi Arabia that uh, the U.S. is not willing to sign a so-called bad deal just to add more barrels to the market, Iranian barrels to the market. So that's something that uh, um, that's uh, I mean, just in terms of uh, like easing the sanction- U.S. sanctions on Iran. We don't see that happening. Um, and uh, from Venezuela, too, uh, I mean, yeah, Abby, if you could uh, I mean, uh, give your views on that.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, this yeah, for Venezuela, either way, just given, you know, years of underinvestment and, and, and kind of neglect, um, you know, is not really going to be adding a whole lot. Um, you know, in terms of actual, you know, releasable scarce spare capacity, Iran definitely has more. But yeah, I mean, as you pointed out, um, you know, the, the, the prospects for, for, for the deal are not looking good. And, and um, yeah, and, and you know, we've kind of been hearing that, you know, the window's closing for a deal for, for you know, for half a year, if not longer. Um, and, and you have to definitely question whether what the value of a deal is you know, might be at this point, point. Um, and then to the second part of your question, yeah, I mean, I mean, look, one of the, you know, you know the the um, you know the part of the title of, of uh, the chat which you threw in there was was around Western leader quandaries, right? And this is this is kind of where they're at. I mean, I think you know, I think um, you know. At the beginning of the conflict there was you know there were reasons for for what they were doing um but you know perhaps not a full calculation of of the knock on effects um you know certainly on you know in terms of inflation and and the economic drag i mean this is certainly the case for you know for for europe first and foremost but um you know you know especially in a midterm year in the u s um you know you know the 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 political uh impact is um, is definitely being felt. I mean, you know, you have. Um, I mean, you know, again, these are not directly related, but you, you know, you, you've already lost a prime minister and, in, in 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 the UK. You have a political crisis in um, in in Italy. Um, you know, Germany is going to be the most impacted by everything that's going on, whether it's on the gas side or the oil side. Uh, um, you know, through you know now and through the end of the year, um, and you know, and 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 the U.S. You know, even though you know, gas prices, of gasoline prices have cooled off, and, um, you know, and then and, um, and, and oil prices have come off a little bit, um, you know, high prices, you know, continue to be an economic drag. And, um, you know, the, the you know, and, and and Americans are pretty unhappy. Um, you know, they think this is kind of the worst handling of the economy uh, by any, you know, administration in modern history. So, I know, think that's, there's that's, also
3: a kind of misunderstanding, Abby, that if there is going to be an increase of production, that's going to, immediately mean that prices at the pump are lower and that's not necessarily the case right you still have limited refining capacity crude grades etc i mean it's not a, a direct uh, relationship between increasing supply slash the, the the guy at the pump having lower prices
2: exactly and and, and you know I, the way we see it kind of no matter what happens you're in it for for a period of kind of higher prices even if there are you know, kind of short term dips um um, exactly, and then, and, and you know, and again, back to your point on spare capacity. If you kind of whittle that away, um, that that just kind of continues to put, you know, that that higher floor upward pressure on prices.
3: Great. I think that's uh, all the time we have for today. Um, thank you very much for for joining us. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll be organizing more of uh, of these conversations looking forward. Yeah.
2: Great. Thank Thanks, you, everyone.
3: Yeah, thank hope you you're both, all enjoying Abby, S- Sarah, Abby, Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, thank you both,
0: Abby and Amina, for the great discussion and insight you've given us all today. And thank you all for listening. And thanks to those who have contributed with their questions, too. Just to let you know that you can still get more insight from both Amina and Abby and all of our experts over at energyintel.com, where you can also sign up for two weeks free access to all of our news and analysis you just have to click on the orange join button that you see at the top of the page or you can just click on the pinned tweet that you will see in the our twitter space right now so just want to thank you all and say goodbye and to the next twitter space
2: great bye everyone
0: Bye bye